0: It might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by the I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, aka JG Smooth. You know what time it is, my favorite time of the year. Football season. It is officially game week for the UCL Broncos' big time home, home opener against Nebraska Kearney. 7 p.m. kickoff, Richardson Stadium. I plan to be there. Uh, full disclosure. Full disclosure. I thought I was gonna be really smart. Come on here. Start off by hitting of a bunch of numbers and, and comparisons to the Mexico State and, and various things. And, and then I had an epiphany, and that that was just simply uh, it, we could su- we can sum this up, and I alluded to it in the in the fall in the fall camp preview. I said that this is probably the most critical juncture of the program since my time covering in 2017. And the more I thought about it, okay, the more I came to the realization here that I, for the first time ever, I don't know how I feel about this team. Like, in years past, I could safely tell you Okay, this is a seven-win team. This is a six-win team. I This could be an eight, nine-win team if things go well, right? Like, I had a better read. I, what? And, and and it wasn't, like, what I heard, and I appreciate those that came out to the uh, Fall Camp Update live stream there. What was it? A few, a few weeks ago with uh, Danny Armstead, Lane Grantham, and Hunter Largent. I got the answers I was hoping for out of that live stream. Like that that's the whole thing. Like I the it's it it comes down to this, okay? It it comes down to heart versus mind. Because in my heart and as a UCL alum and fan, I would like nothing more than to come on here and tell you, I think that for the first time in a long time. This is truly a playoff caliber team. However, you have to look at the facts, the numbers, and history. Okay. And, and it's not on UCO's side in that regard. Okay. Because here's the we know the MIAA, a very, a very tough, tough conference. Uh, I would say Is what was it 10 teams now? Because Lincoln's technically not a member at this point. They're still playing games, but they don't count towards the standings. Uh, You figure,
1: uh, I mean, the top, like the top seven, eight teams, right, can beat anybody. Uh, It's so you know
0: you have to start fast. We have hit on this. You've been a long time. UCL fan, you, you, you've been a longtime fan of the show, so I appreciate it if you, if, you, if you have. Then you know the struggles with starting fast, I and mean, most of the time UCO is a one and two start in the first three three games uh, and it, it puts them in a hole, right? It, it, it puts you in a hole because at that point you're already you're, you're, you're chasing Northwest and you're chasing Pitt State. and those are two very hard teams to catch up to. Uh, you have that working against UCO. You also have the fact working against UCO that they tend to lose at least one game a year to a team they're not supposed to lose to. Uh, you go back to 2021 and 2022. It was Missouri Southern I, 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 again. Listen, I I give I gave Missouri Southern credit. They're a very improved program. I give their coach a ton of credit there. He's building a a good, solid program. But the fact remains that UCO should... It, it, that was a, one of the teams I felt like they should be able to go in there and win that game year in and year out, especially given how the loss, right? You had the laps in coverage in 21, and then you had the four-quarter debacle last year, Okay. So you factor that in too. you. You can't afford that when you're trying to take that next step. Uh, you also look at big games, right? Against now, sure we spring an upset, right? We beat Northwest. Uh, I think we 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 beat. Um, yeah, it was it was Northwest twice when they were top five, right? Like we we beat Ford Hayes in twenty one when, when we weren't favorite. So like we spring an upset, and that's fine and dandy, but. Like to take the next step, right? You have to consistently beat the top
1: dogs, and I think we've done that over the past, right? Like, we've beaten um Northwest Missouri, okay? Well, we we know we can play with Kearney, so
0: at that point, I'm not worried. We beat Emporia, that's still gonna be a very good football team. Okay, we have a two-year win streak against Fort Hayes, who I'm assuming will definitely be be back this year. I know they was banged up last year. Still a, a, a very tough out, okay? But we all know, and I asked this question to Lane and Hunter, I said, and I quote, I hate to bring up a bad memory for you two, but the Pitt State game, we saw on their sideline and we saw our sideline and you could objectively say that was two different caliber of football teams. Okay. And we, a pitch state is the gold standard. Now, I will say after watching the film of the new players, okay, I, after talking to returning players, I, I here's the I, I this by far, if you look at the roster from top to bottom, and I'm glad Lane agreed with me this because Lane's been on the program almost as long as I've been covering, that this is by far the deepest team I would say since 2018. I was at a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Uh and that 2018 team was extremely good. Okay. Now, this is also partly why I said this is a critical juncture. 2017-2018, you should have back-to-back eight-win seasons, back-to-back bowl wins, okay? And we look at why that was the case, because they, they had depth, they had talent, uh, and they played to their potential. Now, they should have probably beaten Northwest, I think, in 2017. They lost about three in a downpour up there in Marysville. I, I, but I I feel like this team, in terms of that, is definitely on par, if not better, from a depth standpoint. Because a lot of the depth maybe passed past a few backups for those teams. Uh, while talented, they lack experience, right? Like, you go back, like, 2017, the backup to Chastall that was a retro freshman and Keith Calhoun, right? Okay, you look at this year, Right, the backup to a staff is Dawson Hurl, a multi-year starter in this conference. Okay, like the 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 experience and the talent of the depth.
1: Okay, is very encouraging because even Lane pointed out the fact that like he they, they, they're fully confident in in the ones through the three.
0: Okay, which is. Very, very, very telling in a very good way. And as we look through the through the roster here, you will see that. But
1: I just go back to I need I I need to see I, I need to see I need to see a fast start. Like there, there's no way around this. If if
0: if we if UCO wants to take the next step. And I thought like they have a two year window because you look at this roster. There's a lot of juniors on this roster. Okay. So uh, to me, you've got a two year window. You look at what they brought in from the transfers. Okay. They, they, everybody, I think, knows whether it's said or unsaid here. This is a win now mode. Okay. We're completely different territory where we were this time last year, where it was a. Right. Renewed optimism. It might take some time. We fast forward now and it's OK. No, it is the time. Like this is the sense of urgency has to be here. OK, because uh, we've got stalwarts that are seniors now. Right. Dylan Buckhite, Lane Grantham. OK, we, we we've got we've got experienced guys that are now uh, and Stephen will. Right. We've got key guys that are. You know, juniors, right? Jacob Delso, Madison Ridgway, Hunter Largen, Zane Adams, uh, Jonathan Mosley, Kobe Stevens, Nicky uh, uh David Vargas, right? Like, the, the key guys here running out of eligibility. So if we want to seize this before, maybe there's that down here where we don't have a lot of experience, it's got to be now. Like, it has to be now. And obviously, in an order that to
1: happen, we need to get out to a fast start. And that, to me, we need to be current. Because here's the thing. We should have won the game last year. We went over this in great detail. Okay. We,
0: we know we can stop TJ Davis. Okay. I have confidence that this team can stop TJ Davis. We need to see the offensive strides. Okay, take shit. all right now. This is a great segue into looking at the roster because we're looking, we're looking offensively here. Okay, what, what we we had we averaged 22.4 points per game. You're not that, that is not championship level football, which is plain and simple is not okay. Now, what we can't agree, this is a vastly improved offense, the, the receiver room. Remade, explosive. I've seen some tapes. I'm telling you right now, it, this could. This is probably the deepest receiving room UCO's had since 2018. I don't want to say 2017 because 2017 was still Josh Crocker and JT Looper. And I, I while I like the talent, I, I, did. There's just no Crockett or Looper in that, in that, in that room. I mean, there's no disrespect. Those are two all-time greats. Uh but definitely since since 2018, this is by far the most deepest and talented receiver room. Okay, so that that alone she's able to push the ball down the field. Uh we 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 know Steph has supposedly made improvements, right? Uh so then it all hinders on the offensive line. Uh well, when we when when I, when I talked to Lane, I, I had to ask several times there, is how is the line looking? Okay, and I, and I know it has been a sore spot the past few
1: years. I, I feel, excuse me, I feel as if it's an improved unit. How
0: much improved, though, is going to determine a lot offensively. Because if you look at the, the the trigger men, right, obviously you've got Steph returning, was leading pasture and leading rusher last year. A uh, tremendous, tr- just a tremendous stride improvement last year. You had told me Steph with an average 65% completion percentage, I would have called you a liar, okay? And supposedly he has improved leaps and bounds. I'm not surprised, just giving number one, that's how Steph is. And number two, you bring in a guy like Dawson Earl, a proven starter in the conference. the conference, playing by guy here through for 1,000, uh, 41 yards. And eight starts last year with five five touchdowns. Again, he does not wow you, but he does. He, he know he, he might be a Keith Calhoun. I'll put like this. If you were there 2018 through 2021, okay, I think what, what you saw out of Keith Calhoun is what you will see out of Dawson Hurl. Uh so I we we're, we're in good hands, okay. We're we're, we're in very good hands. From a quarterback standpoint, uh, because we just, we know, and again, we're not we're not going on wood here, that Steph does not get hurt. Uh, we know the man's play style; it just it it, it is what it is. we just he's just a competitor, Uh so it's good to know that if something were to happen to him, uh, if he has a bad game, right? Because we saw last year, especially at times, right when he when he did have uh, early on in the season, he had struggles. Okay, they 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 put in Peyton Thompson. It just was not it. We just we just got to call it what it is. No just no disrespect to the man. Uh, but I, I you feel a lot more confident with Dawson uh, in in there than than we did with Peyton Thompson last year. The, the rest of the room. I mean, you've got guys on a red shirt, right? Connor Kirby out of Jinx and Adagins uh, out of Bixby and Carson Trimble out of Grove. Um, okay, running back position. You know, I I think it's Trayvon Wolford show a show. But by, by, by all accounts, by what I've heard, he's going to be the bell cow. He's shown that ability. I know he's two twenty. Uh, D1 bounced back twice. Right, he started his career at at Nebraska in 2018. Then went to Troy. Uh, played in seven games, was for 287 yards and three scores on, on 71 carries. Right, and then he was at Neo last year, where he ran 500 yards and two touchdowns on 89 carries. So, uh, from from what I've been told, from what I've been told, he definitely is a guy uh, that will. Be the bell that will be the main bell count, okay? Like it's it's like for sure, this might be the workhorse that we haven't seen since Clay McKenzie back in 2017, 2018, right? Uh, because we know in 2021, Jace was kind of that, but they rotated a lot with Jace and uh Peyton Scott back there, and then last year we know it was a by committee approach, so I think Trayvon Wolford gets the lion's share of the carries. However, I still think there's a defined role for Jalen Cottrell, the sophomore, uh, in the in the pass game. Uh, he was very
1: effective there. I know he had something to the effect of, if we look at the numbers, he had, what was he? He had 27 catches, which was second most on the team.
0: So we know he's a, he's a threat at the backfield. He was a receiver. Right. Uh, I, I I think there's a defined role for him. You look at fullback. Obviously, you've got you got Andrew Carney. I expect to be stronger and you got to give the man credit. I feel like what he did last year as a true freshman, former quarterback in the MIAA, it went very under the radar. OK, because that's a very tough ask. For a true a true freshman, former quarterback to all of a sudden be a be a fullback. I thought he did a really good job. And I'm I'm thinking a, a year in the weight room and according to Lane and and Hunter, right? It was probably the most challenging offseason in that regard since they've been there. So I'm expecting strides there. And then obviously you've got Peytons Peyton Scott. That's my guy, for you know Steelers fan, Mass calm, major, right? I, I hoping, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping Peyton has a good senior year. I'm hoping the man stays healthy. Uh, I, I, it just, you know, it, it's one of those things, right? When, when people sign, when, when these guys sign, you know, like obviously you want to see them all succeed. Uh, I feel like you know when, when Peyton Scott signed, right? He's, he's the Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year, absolute beast out of Sand Springs, right? Like you, you're, you're expecting, you're almost expecting greatness. Like that's kind of what you are visiting, uh, and it just to see, due to circumstance, due to injury, what have you, it not pan out for the man. But I, you have to give Peyton credit because there was a lot of times. Uh, that he could have transferred, he could have he could have just said, you know what, he's not in the cars, I'm going to just hang it up. Uh, but the fact that he's still here and the fact that he's still willing to do whatever it takes to help the team, uh, it just says a lot about the man's character. That's because there isn't many people from his class left. As a matter of fact, I think it's honestly from that 2018 signing class I literally think it's just him and Marlowe Hughes, because Dylan was twenty nineteen as it was like. I think it's literally just Peyton Scott and Marlowe Hughes Jr. are the only two from that twenty eighteen class that's still here, and to me that is very telling. Okay, that 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 is very telling uh, about the character of of those of those men. Uh, so I'm really hoping that that Peyton has a good season. Uh, I'm glad that he also agreed that he's good at fullback as well. Again, I feel like you put on that Central Missouri tape, the Lincoln tape, and uh I think there's one other tape where they had him a fullback. Did a very good job. Again, we know he was a wrestler at Sam Springs as well, so I imagine he knows how to u- use his uh, natural given leverage. So I- I'm really just hoping he can carve out a role. Play in all 11 games, just stay healthy. Uh, and, you know, and then, but you know, and then obviously behind those guys, uh, you've got walk on Josh Cash, and then you've got a, a gang of true freshmen. I imagine we'll probably get the red shirt. Then we turn to arguably the most improved unit on the offense that is the wide receiver room. Again, we've got to give offensive coordinated receivers, Coach jibs curly here. A ton of credit. I mean, a ton, you. You cannot say enough about the job that man did. To objectively look at the room, see where the deficiencies were, and then go out and not only fill those deficiencies in the short term, but then also go out there on national sign, on signing day and get guys. That can fill it in the long term. you just, you really can't say enough about what Coach Curly did. I don't know if it's this thing or not. If you are a coach, I, I you did a heck of a job there uh re-revamping re, that that room. Okay, because if you look last year, we well uh, returned the the top receiver, Jacob Delso. 20, he had 29 catches, 445 yards, uh, and four touchdowns. Uh, he self admitted he was playing heavy last year. Uh, he slimmed down. I saw you posted a picture there on Instagram it was yesterday. He does indeed look slimmer. If you recall, I said when I was watching the highlight tape of him out of out of Dakota, I, I was surprised that that was Jacob Delso because the Jacob Delso we saw last year and the Shakota Jacob Delso in terms of just speed. And after the catch ability, it was two different Jacob Delso. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing here what he does. Um Then we've got Madison Ridgeway, again immensely talented, immensely talented, by the closest thing to Josh Crockett. And since he has he has he has left. Right. We just we just hope he stays healthy. I think I had heard he was kind of banged up some uh in camp. I just I, yeah, I feel for the man. I really do feel for the man because we put on that Ford Hayes tape, you put on the uh, Kearney tape, put on Central Missouri, I think as well. Like you see what he brings, and, and he's uh, just he's just he's just a, he's just a guy. He, he has size, he has speed, he's willing to go across the middle, right? Like he is a solid number two option. If he can stay healthy, and I'm really hoping the man can. I'm a big Madison guy, I appreciate the support from Mr. and Mrs. Ridgeway. Uh, I just, I'm if he can stay healthy, this is all conference guy. I have no doubt, da- I have no qualms that that is not the man's demand the, the ceiling. Uh, and then you've also got to Terrell, Terrell Davis back. I know Jacob Delso and Danny Armstead both said, had had a great offseason? It, we again, like I mentioned before in the fall in the fall preview and the in mean, the fall camp preview uh, we've got to get consistency like I feel like there was times you felt like, okay, this man's turning a corner, and then he disappeared for a few games like we have to have more consistency because Roy Davis is still an immensely talented receiver. uh you put on that Choctaw tape reminded me a lot of Lillia Curry, who was an all american. Uh, I I think it's still there. I truly do, and we just, we just got to take that next step. Uh, and, and and to be honest, if he doesn't take that next step now, because of the guys that they brought in, right? We look at Danny Armstead again, absolute beast. Like I I let's just call it what it is. Like I've seen some clips. I've seen some clips that of, of Danny, and I'm telling you right now. Uh, the playmaking ability is there. Okay, the playmaking ability, a hundred percent, is there. Uh, you look at 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 uh, Tariq Logan again, explosive. Okay, uh, this is a man that won a DRUCO National cha- Championship there at Hutchinson, uh community college up there, up there in Kansas. Again, a very explosive guy. Okay, those are those are two level of dudes we just did not have last year. Uh, then you also look at Darius Melton, former UCF Golden Knight. Uh, he was there for three seasons, then went to Highlands Community College up there in Kansas last year. Had twenty nine catches for two hundred ninety eight yards and one touchdown. Again, uh, just another a, another another downfield stretcher, right? You know, and then you you then you add in the fact you've got Malachi Gatewood, I feel like is in the role of a by Zelda fourth, where he's your possession receiver, uh, which is something we've got to also account for that too, right? Like Johnny went supremely under the radar, I feel like, his whole career. Because you, Johnny did little things right. He was a great blocker he he was willing to make the tough catch. If you were there in 2018 2019 you know that man was getting walloped every time he made a catch i mean every time he made a catch uh to the point where i feel kind of bad for the guy because people like, what just like targeting this man i just don't know what it was right you know then he ends up being the uh, returner even though he returned uh, or fielded a punt against uh, Ford Hayes back there at 21, around five defenders. But, it, yeah, you got to respect Johnny there. Uh, and we do need somebody to kind of take take that spot. I feel like Malachi could also be that there. Um, and then, you know, you're also looking, they brought in Christian Romero, uh, 6'4 guy. Uh, I said reminded me a lot of Ronald Monroe. If you were there in 2018, 2018 Ronald wow. Monroe Jr., another Juco transfer, uh, he did not have many catches, but like all of them for touchdowns. Like I'm not even judging uh, If you look at the stats, you probably see he might have had like six, seven catches and like three or four like for touchdowns. Like was, <laughs> I felt like that could be uh similar to Christian Romero. I feel like when we watched the film, right, he had he had really good balance on the sideline, like really good awareness. And at six four, right? You figure, you know, him, Madison and six foot three, you get some, you know, some jump balls in there. I mean, I feel like but like you gotta you gotta feel like you could windows. Danny too. I mean, I just I the 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 pass game should be vastly improved. Okay, it should be vastly improved because now we have the weapons. We we should the ground game should open that up. Right. We go back to the Ford Hayes game. We know what the pass game can do, right? When Steph is able to have time back there and let it rip. Okay. And I feel like that should be more common. Than just against Fort Hayes, okay. Like than just against Lincoln, like that. That that should be a game in and game out thing. Where the pass game, even though it might not be close to four hundred yards passing, but like that level of deep breath ability, able to push the ball down the field, that level of efficiency in the pass game should be there for eleven games. Like it. Like if 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 not, something is wrong. Because on top of that unit, you've got the tight end unit. And you've got one of the best young tight ends, not only in the conference, but in the country, and and and, and Oscar Hammond. Terrific true freshman season, which I did call. Uh yeah, but a guy that was making the move from wide receiver to, to, to tight end. That's a tough move to make, and I, he made it extremely well. I, you know, then you also look Dominic Dunn as well. I know there's no more ace back this year. But like that was just there because our dear friend Dante McGee was all conference caliber guy back there. But they moved Dominic Dunn down the tight end. I again I'm high on Dominic Dunn. I said he was a Dante McGee-esque player. Uh, he had a touchdown against Fort Hayes. So I'm I'm really I'm looking at that unit more so for the two newcomers. Uh Casey Klein, very interesting player. So he was the 19th ranked outside linebacker, and yes, I'm saying that quickly. <laughs> 19th ranked outside linebacker by ESPN out of, out of high school, who chose Boise State over multiple Pac 12 offers. Uh, he played in 14 games over four years at Boise State, playing three different positions, being linebacker, defensive end, and tight end. 6'6, 245, and from what I have heard, is going to be used a lot in jumbo packages. Uh, he's supposed to be a very good blocker. If, if if he's anything close to what Marshall Tolson was as a as a blocker, a uh, him or Daxton Williams, they were in good hands because those were two very good blockers. Uh, Marshall Tolson, one of the best H backs as tight end blockers in the conference. And then Dax Williams was like a glorified tackle because he was like two seventy five two sixty five uh if if we if Casey offers that and there's just something in the in the, in the past game to where like right, if he's in there on jump one packages and we throw the ball to him or he runs a route and he's trying to catch it, then we have a a very good asset there, a very good asset because you've got two receiving threats. And Dunn and uh Hammond, okay, you've got Casey Klein, it is supposedly a really good blocker, and then they brought in Landon Thomason, the old miss transfer, 6'3 to 25. Uh, I've heard he's talented, but he's also raw, so I'm sure he'll still play. Like, I'm he'd probably be in the rotation. Uh, I, I, just, I just know that if 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 Oscar gets if Oscar got stronger, Dominic got stronger,
1: um, and Casey <clears throat> and Casey is as good of a of a blocker as what I have heard,
0: then the edge should not be a problem. We know last year I had a hard time
1: running outside, hard time setting the edge. If if there's improvements there okay, that
0: should also be rendered null and void in terms of not being able to do that. Because you, cause you, you see what I'm doing here. I'm crossing off every excuse humanly possible as to why we can't take the next step this year, okay? Then rounding out the offense, we look at the offense line, and we know what was probably the most criticized unit on the offense last year. We got to call it what it is. It got better as the year went on. I will give them that, but overall, it was still disappointing. Okay, and we got to start. I said it. I set it in. Did uh, this was it the spring preview, man? Maybe the fall camp preview, right? Uh, we definitely need to see more on Noah Dobson. I feel like he had a sophomore slump last year, which again, it, it should tell you the level of talent of Noah Dobson if a sophomore slump was still an all-conference season. But again, go back to that true freshman season. You saw how dominant he was out of Carl Albert. I I know it's still in there. I I know it is because we saw it at times last year. But we also saw way too many false starts. We also saw way too many holds. We also saw him give up way too much ground. Like, we, we know what Noah can do. Noah knows what he can do. And we need him to 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 do it because he's one of the best tackles in the conference. Like without a shadow of a doubt, when he plays his best ball, he's one of the best tackles in the conference. And we need to see that because I, I believe he's he's left tackle. So yeah, we, we need to see that. Because if you're protecting Steph and Dawson's blind side, like we 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 we've got to make sure those men are upright. In order for the offense to 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 fully live up to its potential, right? Uh you've got obviously all conference guy Lane Grantham at center again. You're just hoping, much like Steph and Payton, that he stays healthy because that, that has literally been the biggest knock on the man, is just unfortunate injuries. Uh I appreciate both the Grantham's. I also appreciate uh the family of oh, Stefan Brown as well for the constant constant support. I really do appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's crazy that Lane's been here for like six years, because I didn't really realize it until he said it. Um, there's just some guys who just get used to covering and like now that you know, much like it is with Peyton and, and Marlowe and Dylan, like this is this is it. And it's kind of weird. Um, similar to like how it was with Dante and Johnny last year, like you just get to know these guys, and so like knowing that oh like this this is finally it uh it it kind of i don't know kind of it it kind of makes you remember that this is college and not pro where guys are playing for like twenty years um but regardless, I'm really hoping that he has a good senior season, I know he was all conference last year, really hoping for another all conference season for the for the man there. Uh, and then you're looking at the other tackle writers, Cooper McCoy. I think he started last year. I like think he was like honorable, honorable mention All Conference. Again, we need more consistency. At, like, I felt like at times was dominant, and then at other times was not dominant. And we need we need more consistency. like if him and Terrell Davis could just become Game in and game game out. Like this is who they are when like play when they're when they're on. Uh you we've got two really good tackles, maybe two of the best tackle duos in, in the conference. Right, you've got one of the better centers in the conference. But then we turn to the to the guard, and I'm thinking what are our rumblings could be. Two new stars there. Obviously, we know the JUCO Cayman Bradford now. I hope Caitlin's listening, okay? I right, Word got back to me now that, that you, and again, any player, feel free to DM me. Feel free to send me a message, email, always open here for it. My comment, comment info is below here, okay? I, I kept saying the man was 65390. Now, I kept saying that because that's what was still listed. Yeah, it got back to me that he is 350. And then when I was looking at the roster or writing it up on my board, he is indeed 350. So at uh, the came I this is not me purposely calling you 390. That's just what I had. So I will call you 350. I know it don't work out back to me that he wanted to make it known that he is 350, which is very good, okay? Because uh, again, you watched that JUCO tape. You saw how dominant the man was at three ninety, right? Uh, you ha- you have to believe now. Forty pounds lighter, he's more nimble. Um, he's he's probably in better shape. Uh, which which is a very scary thought because all through spring and fall, his name kept coming up as like this is a guy. Like this is a guy. And by I mean a guy, I mean like I, they're, they're saying an like all-American type potential. Now, if this is the case, if, if this is the case that the Cameron Bradford is an all-American potential guard, this is very good, okay? Because, because we know last year the vast majority of Steph runs up the middle. We got a 225-pound back in Trayvon Wolford that I'm sure would love nothing more than to just run behind Cayman, run behind Lane the vast majority of the time, and get a 4-5 yards to carry. So if this is indeed
1: the case where, where he has, is showing that level of potential, I am very excited to see this man play. I, I, because I'm telling you right now, if that's the case, okay, then... uh.
0: the the question of the line should be erased Uh, because I know the other guard spot I've been hearing Montreux Lee, the redshirt freshman as I checked the roster redshirt sophomore out of Dell Dell City is looking good as
1: well Uh, I'm just saying if if Noah and, and Cooper McCoy become more consistent tackle spot is good if the what we hear about Cayman Bradford, if he lives up to the hype. Montreal Lee
0: is just even is even it's just solid. Doesn't have to be flashy. It's just solid. Because we know what Lane can do. And this could be the best offensive line UCO has had since 2018. And and we in 20 2018, you go back, you check the numbers. Historically good offense. Several school records set, and that was a year in which they used three different quarterbacks and still kept it humming along. Why? Because the offensive line was there Noah Hammonds out of Stillwell, Nick George, which does remind me. I know Lane said he played with two sets of brothers, and uh, both the Stillwells and the Covetos. He also forgot about that he played with. Uh, Nick George's brother Brandon Jordan, 2019 for for a season. So there's three sets. I don't want to make Lane feel even older than what he is, but I, I just I just to point that out that he's played with three sets. Um, but regardless, though, like that that was a very good line. Uh, ben Ralston is That is a very good line. Jacob Jacob Blair. If we can
1: get to that level, where like no matter who's back there, the offense is humming along. I, we can win a lot of
0: football games. We can win a lot of football games, in fact. And so I'm hoping that that's the case. Uh, I I true I truly am. And then you're looking at the at the depth right. Like you've got Hector Hector Becerra again. Love the guy to death. Uh, I'm hoping he regains the form he had when he was a day one starter a few years ago. I know he's battled some injuries because you've got a really good, you've got a good swing tackle. in and he's kind of able to get back to that form. and then you've also got Walker Peck played some last year as a true freshman out of Norman Norman North. You've got Matt Gardner played some out of sophomore. I'm mean, out, so- <laughs> out of sophomore. Uh, you got Kellen Coco and the Stephen F. Austin transfer looks solid. Like you've got depth. So the the
1: the there's no excuse for the line to not be significantly better. Like
0: I, I'm not seeing any reason why that would be the case. Uh so it, it would just take an you know, objective look at the at the at the offense. Again, I stand by what I said at the end of last year before any of the, the new people were here. I said minimum should be 28 points a game. I will stand by that. Minimum 28 points a game. I feel like when I asked you too much there, that's one touchdown a game, okay? I mean, that's one touchdown a quarter. I Listen. I'm a Steelers fan, and I'm sure Peyton Scott agrees with me here. That, that I, if Pittsburgh can average four touchdowns so far in in, in, the, in the in the preseason, okay, I know for a fact that you still can average four touchdowns. Uh, that I can tell you for for a fact, they can average four touchdowns a game. Uh, so that is my expectation for the offense. I also think now. Maybe from a play-calling standpoint, it's better organized. I know because Coach Lamberson, who's now the head coach at Central, Central Missouri, left, and they filled that in there. There was uh, Adam Lichtenberg who's now the head coach at Central Connecticut State, and then there was Coach Curley, and then Coach Doral was in there. Uh, I'm hoping that going to rectify. Like, there's one voice there. There's one Cook in the in the, in the kitchen because that might have also not helped out the the, the cause. But I, I feel like this is a vastly improved offense. This is a vastly different offense. Uh that I feel like now is adequate in both the run and the pass and all three levels of the pass, short and immediate and deep. So really should be no excuse for offensive lows. But then we turn to the defense again. Can't say enough good things there. A belly from the coordinator Brandon Eittenberg, whose unit only allowed a little over three touchdowns a game. That 21.73 points points per game. It just you can't you can't say enough about that unit right there. Because the unit, let's be honest here, won the Emporia game. We're holding them, what was it, like two of what was it, like two of four, two of five on fourth downs. They they gave him a chance in the Kearney game. Gave him a chance in the in the Wolfsburg game. Uh, since the Central Missouri game again, holding them to ten points. Right, like you that does not win six games last year with, without that, that that defense. And the good thing is, even though some stalwarts are gone, right, uh, Robert Fuentes, Michael Slater, Trayvon Craig, right, like those guys are gone. Jason Harris. There's still plenty of talent of talent left, okay? You gotta start as we always do with the defensive line. Again, I say this every episode, and by now, if 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 you're if you're new, you'll kinda get,
1: get used to this. If you if you're you're returning, you know exactly what I'm about to say. You can't say enough about the job defensive line coach Todd Sanders has done. Again,
0: I preface, if you are new here, welcome. 2019, the D-line was terrible. Did not have a sack until late in the first half of the fifth, sixth game of the season. And that was after they moved a linebacker down to defensive end and then had like 12 sacks over the last five and a half games, okay? Uh, Coach Sanders came in there after that. 2020 hit the recruiting show hard, brought in Zane Adams, uh, Hunter Largent, uh, and and others, I don't think, like Vaca's gone now. But, like, brought in a very good class. Then added to that in 2021 by bringing in Michael Slater, Robert Fuentes, and Mike Pope Jr. Uh, And we saw what happened. We saw probably the best two-year stretch of defensive line play since 2017. 2018. Now, obviously, we know Rob and Mike, all conference guys, a two of the most dominant defensive linemen. I had the pleasure and honor of watching. Okay, I I, I fully understand those are two big losses. Okay, but at the same time, though, you gotta look at what's at what's at what's returning because if you listen to the live stream, you you would know that right now Zane Adams is not, not only starting, but he's moved into nose guard. Okay. And you know Zane was hurt over the majority of last year. 2021, uh, uh, very, very impressive athletic big man. As uh, a matter of fact, in high school, he played running back for them too. It was actually very impressive. I'd encourage you to go watch the highlight tape. Uh, so the fact now that Hunter's been a two year starter at Nose Guard a very good nose guard is right now a bag up behind Zane should tell you the level of talent that Zane Adams is, and I'm glad that he's come back from that injury uh back to 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 four uh this is very good because now that means that we're too deep at at nose guard, which was a concern because we did lose Jordan LeVu to graduation and then Julius Coates and uh Trevisia Brunson, let's be honest, really wasn't that big of a loss and do anything. But Julius Coates and Jordan George, George LeVu were gone, so that did kind of hurt that, that nose guard rotation. Uh, so it's, it's good to see that there's depth there too. Uh, then you, you know, then you look, you've got Mike Pope Jr. breakout season uh, as a second-year Juco transfer out of Independence by way of Dell City.
1: Expecting a big year out of out of out of out of out of Mike, uh, like I I think I think this is a guy. Um, trying, I'm trying to think. Like he he I I overlooked him
0: in 2021, much like I had did Rob. But I went back and watched the tape and saw when he played, he was dominant. You go back last year, that goal line stand in the opener against against Missouri Western. That was Mike Poe. I think he had a forced fumble against Northwest Missouri. I don't know Missouri against uh, Northeastern State this past year, but we 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 know Mike plays bigger than two fifty. He's a relentless motor. He's very good. I don't know if he'll start or what because I know there is some battles going on there on that defensive end spot. I just know that Mike Poe and Calvin Hutchings.
1: Two two seniors, yeah, two two seniors that if uh, it should should have good seasons. Okay, I will say that. I
0: also say if given the opportunity, if given the opportunity, will make the most out of their snaps because you go back to Calvin Hutchings, the North Texas transfer. Full disclosure: tried to bring the man off. I really did. <laughs> I worked with Calvin for like three or four weeks. The schedules just did not align. But this is a guy, North Texas transfer. I felt like was turning a corner and before he had the foot injury. I know he had a few sacks. I, I know he had one against wait, Northwest Missouri. He had, he had he had a sack in there. And then one against Fort Hayes. I don't, but I know, I know for a fact that he did have a, have a few sacks. He was turning a corner
1: and then had the foot injury. Uh, I've seen some clips of, of him as well. I know he put in great work in the offseason, too. So I'm really looking
0: forward to seeing what him and Mike Pope do their last year in the use of uniform. Right then, looking at the at, at, at the, the red shirt, you've got uh, Zachary Stillwell out of out of UConn. I think from what I have been told was running with the twos, which is very telling. Now, I said when he signed back in twenty twenty two, I right, I say this is a guy. If you if you red shirt him, you get him stronger. Like I feel the sky's the limit because he already had a very good spin move, he already had a very high high uh, motor, and so it's good to see that. Like right now, that is what is happening. Like we're seeing him push guys and earning his way into the rotation. I think he'll be a, a very good, a very good pass rusher uh, for the next four uh, four years. And obviously, you've got uh, Montrell Kozar out of out of uh Tulsa Kelly, you're hoping another year' re- removed from that from that a c l he maybe can re can can, can can get back to what he was doing there at at Kelly uh, then you look at the transfers brought in if you were at the live stream, I know Hunter had talked about uh Reed Lindsay was looking really good the o u transfer by way of Clinton. You also have Johnny Wilson, the Iowa State transfer. Um, right, we're looking at Reed 6'4, 270. Uh, and then Johnny Wilson, 6'3, 255. Okay, then uh, I do know, especially Danny had pointed this pointed this out to me that uh, they call him Lim, but Lemuel Gordon, 6'3, 250. Jacksonville State transfers, not Jackson State. He did not play for Dion. He played for uh, Rich Rodriguez, former Arizona, Michigan, and West Virginia head coach. Uh, Back in 2020, in 12 games for the Gamecocks, had 21 tackles, three TFLs, one and a half sacks, three hurries. Then in 2021, uh, only played in three games and eight tackles, a half TFL, and a half sack. And then I think he played in like three games last year. Uh, I still—that's a very good program. They are now an FBS program. As a matter of fact, they should have played yesterday, which is which is what well, they should have played Saturday. I'm of course on the afraid. They should have—they—they they, they should have played Saturday. They're on TV. They're now in Conference USA. Uh, but this is a guy. My only counts showing why he was a D1 talent, a a a D1 a D1 player. Um, he's looking really good. And then you also got Sutton as a ring chance from Marcus Soul, uh 6'3, 220, playing 21 games over the past two seasons for the Crimson Storm. Uh back in 2021 in 11 games, had 25 tackles, six TFLs, five sacks, and one hurry as a freshman. And then you're looking last year in 10 games, had 30 tackles. Turned in half for loss, two and a half sacks, and three hurries. So you get a proven division two pass rusher, uh, adding to an already deep defensive line. I just, this is why I've seen the praises of Coach Sanders because, I, like I, these guys, just keep coming. Like I, they, <laughs> they, they keep coming. Like there's no end in sight. Like the 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 depth has been there the past three years. Is insane, okay? Like, it literally is insane that here we're getting legitimate starters at the T2 level that had what eight and a half and 13 and a half TFLs the past two seasons, and we get him, he's probably going to be a rotational guy. Like, you can't say enough about the work Hosanna has done. And, and so I expect little, no drop off um, on that on that unit because you also look at at the fact though you've got Noah West returning. Now I know Noah West is definitely a, a linebacker. Let's be honest; he's he's that stand up pass rusher. Uh, he I he more it honestly reminds me. Honestly, looking, going back and watching him play. Really was like a poor man, Zayvon Collins, in terms of like the role that he was, right? Where he would rush the passer. Then he also would drop back in coverage. Uh, so he's back as 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 well. So you got to count that too in terms of the pass rush, even though he's not a D lineman any, anymore. Uh, but I, I think that that unit is a storm for another really good, really good season there. Uh, then we're looking at linebackers, which is Coach Kettenberg's um, unit, because I know Jesse Harrell, who was the, one of the linebackers' coaches last year, is now at Missouri s I believe. Uh, regardless, though, that's a very good unit still. Uh, Blake Barone is no longer with the program. I think he's actually giving up football. Um, and obviously they lost Jason Harris to graduation. However, I'm confident in that unit uh, because you've got Connor Johnson, all-conference guy, a hornet transfer by way of Lincoln Christian, very good all-around linebacker. Uh, he makes plays in the run and in and, and the pass game. He's, he's back, right? You've got Noah West back, obviously. He was a Choso podcast defensive player of the, of the year. I, however I and from what I've been told that this this is looking like this is this is this is not how it's going. I had envisioned Marlo
1: Hughes Jr. sliding into that um Jason Harris role. Okay, because they were similar
0: players. Uh and we when he signed out of Enid, was a safety. Uh, he registered and moved him to linebacker 2019 was a like, for the day one starter, I feel like. I could be wrong, but I know he was starting by, like, game two. Uh, he had a pick six against Lincoln. I really felt like returning turning a corner. And then he broke his collarbone. And then uh, they switched to a 4-5 the next year. Was lost behind Lamontre, Huval, and Eliza Wright. Like, Eliza Wright, boy, that's... <laughs> he could have been a four-year starter for us. Um, and then last year, you know, it was Blake and Jason Harris, and uh, Noel West out there, and Connor Johnson as well. So uh, he just kind of got, got lost in the shuffle. So um, I'm glad that he is, is looking to get back to that 2019 form because I really think – Marlow a guy that could really excel, right? He's he's a he's not he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's really fast. He's a physical player, really good form tackler. Uh, offers a lot in coverage, being a former safety. So I'm I'm glad that he's possibly on track to be the day one starter up there against against Kearney. I would love, I would love nothing more than to see that. Uh, and then you know you've got. Two retro freshmen that I'm really, uh, really excited to see play. Number number one was Jack Puckett out of Bigsby. If you were there in 2018, 2019, you remember the Juco transfer, Dylan Hall? I think he was from NEO by way of Edmund Santa Fe. Just an absolute baller. I mean, it just... Was not the fastest. Uh, was not the best in coverage. He was adequate enough in coverage to stay on the field for all three downs. But like, in terms of just being a thumper, physical downhill linebacker, we had not had that. I guess Blake Barone kind of, kind of, kind of was that. Was that last year? I, was so and I felt like Jab Puckett. You watched the tape out of Bigsby, but like I was watching a Dylan Hall clone. So, and by all accounts, he's looked good, good too. So, hopefully, he gets some reps this year because he's a guy I really feel like could be three-year starter, three-four-year starter. I mean, if, if given the chance. Uh, and then I know there was uh, a transfer by the name of Hudson Grant from, I think, it was it Colorado. Was it Colorado playable? Uh, yeah, uh Western Colorado, Colorado, where he was a receiver. So this this is this is very interesting. I, I heard he was a walk-on. He moved the linebacker. He impressed. And I think he earned a scholarship. So
1: uh if that's the case, shout out there to Hudson Grant. But um, I know they moved, they also moved uh um, Nick Davenport, who signed as a quarterback out of oh, with dang it, out of it wasn't Garden City, was it? Uh, they, it was, it was, it
0: was some some JUCO in Kansas that he signed as a quarterback. I know he moved to linebacker, um, so which which is which is very impressive. Be honest with you here, because. You don't see many quarterbacks
1: make that make that move to linebacker. I mean, biggest one I can think of, Colton Lindsay did it because he was a
0: quarterback at CHA, but he also was a linebacker at CHA. And I think that downport was a linebacker in high school too. But it's very weird because he was an FCS quarterback at Eastern Illinois. So I give him credit for being able to, uh, well, first to be willing to make that move, and then to 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 make the move and what I've heard has looked very solid so uh, I would just keep a, keep an eye out eye out on on him too uh, and then you've got um, you got Joey Haver out of out of Jinx I'm high on I I really think I really think could be a special player and then they move safe to Grant Lord the OBU transfer my way of Jinx down from safety to to linebacker to add some depth there. So uh, I think if we're looking on defense, maybe that's the unit where maybe the biggest question when it comes to depth. Um, however, I, I'm not too worried, right? Like as long as those guys stay healthy. I think, I think that there's talent in the depth. It's just not proven. Uh, so um again, as long as as Marlowe can stay healthy, uh, right? As long as Connor doesn't have a a, a drop off, because I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I Noah Noah probably will have some kind of drop off, just because there is no more Rob and there's no more Mike. Because you can't over you can't overlook the impact that Rob and Mike had in helping Noah get the numbers that he had. Because you couldn't double team all three right, like. You could start, sure, you could double team Mike. Okay, that's fine. Then you have Rob coming in there. Okay, so we'll double team Rob. Well, then the only problem is you've got Hunter Large. I mean, you've got uh, Noah West coming. So, see, like, you can't, you couldn't double team them all. So, because most teams chose to focus on Rob, Mike, and freed up Noah to make the plays that he made. On top of Colesenberg putting him in a really good, good position, moving him around, having him rush, having him fall, fall, fall back in coverage, I still think Noah will have a good season. I just don't know if he'll have the same numbers as he had last year, just because he now becomes more of a focal point on on defense, at least until others emerge. Right? Like if if I don't know, for example. Say Calvin Hutchings and Zane just go on a tear. Yeah, we could have a repeat then of what Noah did last year. But, like, until that time, he will probably be getting the double teams, definitely getting more attention than he did last year. So uh, I'm just saying that just
1: just in case it's not looking as impressive as it was prior to – as it was last
0: season early, early on until uh, maybe a D-lineman emerges where it's like, okay, this is a guy we have to double double deep. And I feel like Zayn Adams could be that guy. I, I truly do uh, because he was a force in 21. So if he's already starting at this point, I'm assuming that he's, he's back to where he was. Finally, we turn to probably the most criticized unit maybe on the whole team, that is the secondary. Uh, but know that there's a new cornerbacks coach, uh, Coach Kevin Neal. I think he is a wasp and alum. Uh from when we talked to Jaboy Ray, he's high on on uh on
1: on the on on the man. Um so I know that they've done some shuffling around. So uh
0: when you look at that, when you look at that at that unit. The first thing you notice is a lot of upperclassmen. A lot of upperclassmen. So what we can't say now with, with that, that unit is they're not experienced. Okay, cross that off the uh, list. You know, then, then we look and we can't say now that they don't have depth. Cross that off the list. So what now is the only thing holding the defensive backs back? Because you also can't say a lack of a pass for us. Boss that off the list. So what is the well, the only thing holding a secondary back? To me, it's simply making a play on the ball. And when we asked Danny Armstead about that, that's the first thing he mentioned was they were more aggressive at attacking the ball, which is very good. Because I felt like when they did
1: that last year, good things happened. We just didn't do it enough. And so, I think that, prime with the fact that I've heard they have moved Kobe Stevens, who's been
0: the best corner the past two years, has been moved to safety. So now, what this tells me here is this tells me they have enough faith in those other corners to where they moved an all-conference corner to safety. Now, this also bodes extremely well for the safeties because obviously we know Dylan Buckhite returning for his third year as a full-time starter. Uh, I think he's pretty much three and a half years as a, as a starter. Bittersweet, uh, again, shout-out to uh, Mr. Buckhite for the continued support. I literally have watched Dylan play ever since his junior year at More High, so it's kind of bittersweet that like this is literally it. Um, but I, I knew when he signed on dotted line, he'd be a very good player for UCO. Did not envision maybe to this degree, right? You've got him. You've got Kobe back there now. I imagine are are the two two starters, right? You've got you've got Mosley who plays at a hybrid position.
1: Uh, again, I, here's the, if we Mosley, if we can get Mosley to improve the coverage. Because as a, as a run
0: support, in-the-box guy, he is there. Put on that washburn tape, man, put on a clinic. Put on the Missouri Southern tape, put on a clinic. He's very good when playing inside the box. Where he struggles, you put on that Kearney tape, you put on that final drive, the man got cooked. We've just got to get better in coverage there. I think if we do... Just an all-conference caliber, caliber, caliber guy back there. And then we can't forget about Raquel Wix. I want to give a shout-out to him because he just got married. So uh uh shout out there and a big congratulations to Rayquan Wix. Uh, the biggest thing with uh with him, we gotta stay healthy. It's just it's just a matter, it is what it is. Because you go back 2021, he made the game-winning uh pick against Missouri Western. Last year, you put on that and that damn that, that, your tape, put on a clinic, right? And then he got banged up. Like, if we if Raekwon can stay healthy, within then you're you essentially got four starting caliber safety, which means that the safety unit is good to go. So, uh, I, I that's fantastic. I like this this could be the best safety unit since uh, all American O'Shea Harris and Jakari Hunt was manning back there. Um, and 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 that's saying that's saying a lot because again we had an all american back there, so uh I have no no doubt in the safeties i it actually could be one of the better safety units in the whole conference, so that would leave the corners now we now i will say amante Davis when I went back and did the um
1: the 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 bronco Rewinds and such. And I watched the tape. I I came much to, I
0: said, like Darius Hawkins the year prior. I maybe was overcritical of him in the moment. But going back, I was really impressed by Amante. Because you look, I actually wrote it down. He had a pick against Fort Hayes, against Pitt State. He had a breakup in that game. He had a forced fumble against Kearney. Uh, he actually was very active. Uh, him and Marco Domio, they were very, very active. Amante also got that Daniel Bauman size at 6'1", rangy. Uh, I think he has the potential to be number one corner at this point because Kobe now is safety. I think by default, he is number one proven, proven corner. Um, however, that could...
1: That could that could change because, if you recall, go back to signing day, there was one man
0: I, I said was going to be above everybody I said that had a chance to play. And I'm probably going to eat those words because a lot of transfers were, were brought in to, over those guys. This one, however, uh, again, much like Kamen, I've been told,
1: I've got elite potential. Now, it it we 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 first need to preface this by
0: saying in my time of covering there have been a handful of players I know that I have received visit one offers. Elaine had a few when he came out of Westmore. A uh, former running back Will Phillips was a three-star recruit out of out of Enid. But like Uh, Obviously, Jalik had an Abilene Christian offer. There were some more players that had other Vista 1 offers. None, to my knowledge, though, had an SEC offer. And that is what Cameron Manahan, true freshman out of of Conrado High School in Lubbock, Texas, is bringing to Edmond, Oklahoma. He was a three-star. I looked it up. He had a Missouri offer. I get Missouri, a very average SEC program. But again, SEC offers just do not come willy-nilly. So we know that this is a very good player. You watch the tape. I get I he's It reminds me a lot of Kobe Underwood. If you were there in 2018, 2019, you remember Kobe, Kobe Underwood. The man was clutch. He was a smaller corner, but made plays, made big plays, was a solid tackler. I think Cameron can be a better version of Kobe. I think Cameron has immense potential to come in. As and a matter of fact, I would not be surprised if he is a day one starter. I just I just don't be surprised if Thursday's out there as as a as a day one starter. I this is a guy potentially would be the best corner in my time covering, uh, because I, if you were to, to ask me who that would be now, it'd be Kobe Underwood, followed by uh, Malik Walker, followed by 2019 Daniel Ballman, and
1: then it would be Kobe Stevens at, at, at that point. And I guess if I had to choose a fifth, probably, probably Monte Davis. Okay, so. If if he lives up to the hype, then up like this. Should be some interception, okay?
0: Because the ball skills are there for him. Ball skills are there for um, Amante Davis. Ball skills are there for, for uh, Buck Height, for Mosley, for uh, Kobe Stevens, right? For Wayquan too, right? Like there, there should be some turnovers being forced in that secondary. Note. Okay, uh, and then there's Jalen Franklin, I think is another, is he another freshman? Yeah, another freshman. I think he's out of Broken Arrow, I believe. He's the one from, was it Memphis, Tennessee originally? All right, I've heard he's he's also looked look good. Uh, you can't forget about Jamory Ray. I, he came on very strong at the end of the season. Okay, he should, he should still be in the mix. And then you also still got Tavis McDonald and Kaisa Murray, uh, averaging adding experience depth back there. So, what what is the excuse for the secondary this year? None. There should be, there is no excuse for the secondary now. They have experience, they have depth, because we also did not touch on, um, Two transfers. They got a Juco JK Moore. 6'1 out of Navarro. And then there's Thomas Webb Jr., uh, a grad transfer out from Western New Mexico. Uh it, so and I actually was fourth on the on the team as a as a
1: freshman and, and tackles. So like we have depth, we have experience, we have talent. What is the excuse? There, there is no excuse. Uh, so I would I hope we we get the
0: best secondary that we've seen since 2018. But I'm telling you, if we do, the, the, the defense that we saw last year will be even better because we go back to media deck, what the coach draw, he, he touched on also a third down percentages offensively and defensively. And we saw what happened on a lot of third downs, whatever it was. It, the pass rush was there, the coverage was not. If the coverage
1: is there, we get off the field. Is that plain and simple. It's that plain and simple. So it, to me, where is the excuses? There is no more excuses. I, I, I can see nothing
0: now that would prevent the secondary from taking the next step. Uh, we look at special teams. Obviously, we have an All American kicker Nicky Aquino. I, I would like more consistency because again, that Ford Hayes game—I think mean, I know he missed the extra point. Are uh, we looking Kearney? He missed the easy field goal there. I feel like he missed another easy, easy field goal. Uh, if we can just hit the gimmies, uh, could be better than his brother. And Aquino was a very good kicker. Um, he got a mini-camp tryout with with us with the Saints. Uh, I, we just got to convert on the gimme field goals. Uh, we got one of the better punters in the conference, and David Vargas again. Don't know what Swasu did to fumble the bag. I really appreciate it because he is the best punter that we've had since Jay Tedesco. Uh, and then our long snapper, also very good, Peyton Hunt. Out of Lawton. I think he recovered was it 2 moths last year? I know against Fort Hayes. and it was in Northwest Missouri as well. A uh, very good long snapper. Special teams unit not worried about. Uh there the return game obviously we know that Kobe Stevens is, is going to be there cuz just at least as a as a kick returner um cause, I mean like you 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 saw it happen when they put him back there against against Missouri Western. Almost broke two, almost broke one against Fort Hayes. Right. So uh again one of the best chairman in the in the in the league probably. Uh, the pump the, however the other return spot and then the pump and return is up for grabs because Jimmy on Dangerfield who was the main prompt turner last year is gone. Can't say it's a great laws. He did have several, several muffs. Uh, so I know they're looking at I think they had Darius Melton back there. Uh Manahan was was back there, and I think Tariq Logan was also back there. Uh, cause and then Bizell the fourth was the other kick returner, I feel like, yeah, because it was Kevin Williams at first. And I think it was Bizell back there. I think, yeah, that sounds that sounds about all right. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about that return game. I think there's plenty of of options that have uh, home run ability, so I'm not I'm not worried. So when we're looking at this in total here, wh- what is stopping what that we can identify? that okay, at this point in time, what is stopping UCO? from being a complete team that should go out there in all 11 games
1: and truly believe they can win the game. There's only one thing. That is themselves. That is themselves. Because they have admitted the fact that they've looked ahead
0: before. I still go back to that Pitt State game. I saw guys that were not ready to play in that game or, or were just scared of playing that game. Cannot do that, okay? And when we talk to Hunter and Lane and Danny, I think the mindset is there, okay? Because when I pointed out that UCO was picked fifth in the preseason conference standings, you could tell it lit a fire under those guys. Danny verbalized it more so than Hunter and Lane. I, I think everybody knows, as good as last season was to get the winning record, there was meat left on the boat, okay? And, and that, this should, that should have been a bowl team. that team. Sh- it should have been a bolting. team. We got to call it what it is, okay? And I think guys know that there's a sense of urgency now. And they know the bar has been raised. And they know that there's no excuse now for why we can't break through and be a top three, four team in the conference. Like I'm not seeing. it. I know we
1: like, we did run the road last year. We've got to on the road. I feel like we should be currently on the road. Missouri Southern. We were in
0: that game. I do not know what happened. Okay. Uh, I, I, I I think I think this team will win some road. We call it. There was just a lot of the home games were winnable right northeastern state uh northwest where well, I figured that that they'd win UCM uh Fort Hayes this year, because they, they, they happened to just be 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 down, right? So I think that was more so of just how the schedule shook out. Not that they can't win on the road. Because again, Wasper, they were in that game. Hurdy, Missouri Southern. The only, the only the only road game I felt like I think all of them, because even even Missouri Western, it was only twenty-one nothing after three quarters in which the offense had less than a hundred yards.
1: So, with the improvements, I think this is a team that can compete with everybody, including Pitt State. But we have to have a fast start. We have to. We have to win. We have to win Thursday. There's not, we
0: need a win Thursday. This is probably the biggest season opener in my time covering because I truly believe that this team can be different than past teams. I truly do. And there's a stiff test week one at home. This is a big opportunity
1: here against a very good Kearney team. One of the best players on Vision 2 to football.
0: They okay, a chance to correct a wrong from last year. And and I, because here's the thing. If we're looking at the schedule, okay, we get Kearney at home. Okay, you win there. I couldn't tell you the last time they won a season open like a home like a season opener, I'm trying to think. And they 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 didn't. I guess twenty one. Twenty one they did and then they went on to be like 1 and 3. So like if we beat Kearney, we have a very winnable game the following week against Central Missouri. That that I feel like UCO is just a better team. Just 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 like it was last last year. A better team that should be a win. So if UCO is 2 and 0, I think I don't don't know the last time they were 2-0. I have to go back and check. But I know it was not in 21. It was not in
1: 19. It was not in 18. I don't even know if it was 17, to be honest with you. Uh, But
0: if they could go 2-0 right there, build some confidence, Um, because then they get Missouri Western, Should want some revenge from last year. It's also the Hall Hall, Hall of Fame game. You go to Emporia, that should be a really good football game there. Emporia is a very tough place to play. We know what a good game that was last year. Homecoming against Missouri Southern. Again, don't. We have to win that game. We have to end the two year stretch of losses there. Go to Northwest. Last time they played at North Northwest, it was only 10-0 at the halves, should have been 3-0. I got a book as Mary. The offense got got shut out in that in that in that game. Again, I feel like UCL matches up extremely well with Northwest Missouri. Um, and even more so now. Uh, Then we get to see Lincoln for the final time at 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 home. Let's be honest here, that that's gotta be There has to be a more impressive win than what it was last year, too. Let's let's be honest here. Um, It should be a game where we should get a lot of backups playing. Uh, Then we go to our dear friends, Northeastern State. Again, should be a sound win.
1: Let's call it what it is. Uh, Then we go to Fort Hayes. Very tough place to play. It's like this Uh, Fort Hayes. I'm imagining they'll have better injury luck. Uh, I, I can't see them being as bad injury was as they were
0: as they were last year. And, and that also might pay dividends because now they got a lot, a lot of guys' experience. So I would expect that to be a different Ford Hayes team. If you figure the Ford Hayes team last year that came into Edmond was banged up and they came in and took a 10-0 lead, okay? Like that's not going to be a very a, that's not gonna be a takeaway. Okay, like not a Fort Hayes is a very hard place to play it. A very hard place to place to play it. if uh, you remember when we interviewed Lane the first time, he mentioned uh, how how tough that environment was. And, and that was a very impressive win they had against Fort Hayes back in twenty one because they, they they led the whole way in that football game. So I just expect a dogfight there. Then they get Washburn uh, for Senior Day and Military Appreciation. Uh, again, I, I I need a win. I I need I need a win on Senior Day. We need we need because just I, I need it. I need I need a win on on Senior Day, and then season finale at Pitt State. Last time UCO played at Pitt
1: State, 2021, they were down in the fourth, 26 to seven. They came back, cut into a
0: seven point deficit. They forced a stop. Then there was a bogus illegal shift call on the punt. They gave Pitt State the first down, and they ran the clock out. That was the most gut punch of a loss. In my time covering, because I still to this day believe if UCO had got that punt, they were going to go down there and tie that football game. The way the offense was going at that point, uh, former UCO receiver Josh Moore clutch fourth quarter, probably the best quarter
1: of football in his UCO career. It just was unfortunate the way that that game ended. Uh, So the hope is right. The hope is. When we're going, we're going in the
0: Pittsburgh, Kansas, that, that's for the conference title. Like that, that would be best case scenario
1: going in there, fighting for the conference title. Worst case, we're going in there eight and two. Like worst case, eight and two. Because to me, if we're looking in terms of numbers, in terms of talent, experience, and coaching. To me, if everybody stays healthy, this should minimum, minimum, I'm talking worst case scenario.
0: We have bad luck in close games like we did back in 21. should win team. Minimum should be back in the bowl. I, I think that I think that the, the the floor the floor should be a bowl game at this point. Like the floor should be we're getting back to a
1: postseason game. The ceiling, however, it's like it's tough because I I want nothing more. I want nothing more than to tell you
0: that I believe it truly in in my mind and in my heart, this is a playoff team. I, I so badly want to say that. But I can't.
1: I can't. I can't honestly say that to you, which is frustrating to me because I've talked to players, I've watched film, I've re-watched film, I've
0: re-re-rewatched film, and I j it's it's tough because of what we said before. Historically have not started off well, and I can't in good conscience overlook that.
1: And I can't in good conscience overlook, and until we see it on the field against a team, that
0: the offensive line and the secondary, the improvements that we were told, and, and what has been shown to scrimmages and, and such, is indeed reality. If, the, if those two hurdles were not there, I would be
1: happy to tell you, for the first time, I can honestly tell you I believe this is a playoff team. What I can tell you is this. For the first time in my
0: time covering Danny back to 2017, I can simply tell you
1: this is a playoff caliber team. Okay, I will, get, I will give them that. In terms of experience, talent, depth, and coaching, this is a playoff caliber team. But we have to go from caliber to a for sure thing, right? Because I feel like that's been the problem. 2017, right,
0: you feel like your friend's playoff caliber team. 2018, right? This is that. that's a bold caliber team. 2019. Injuries,
1: but again, going through the season, bold caliber team, twenty twenty one. Eh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't have them much more than like I feel like six wins. I think was what I
0: had for that, right? And then obviously, you know, last year again, I kind of had them for six, six wins. But the key there was caliber, right? And again, it's caliber. I, I'm waiting for the day where I can come on here and tell you. No, like this is a playoff team. Like this is a playoff team. I can tell you that this is a bowl team, which would be very, very good. But because we're
1: operating on, there's a two year window where we have to make the next step. Like
0: when I when I tell you, I know I this time, but When I tell you that there's no excuse, there's no excuse. We have facilities. We have coaches. We have talent. We have depth. We have experience. There's nothing left but for guys to rise to the occasion. Because I'm looking at this, Ross, now I'm telling you that almost at every position, there is either a key player or players that are a junior or senior. Right? Look at qu- quarterback. Steph, a senior. Dawson Hurl, a junior. Running back. Tavon Wolford, a junior. Peyton Scott, a senior. Wide receiver, Jacob Delso, Madison Ridgeway, Darius Melton, Tariq Logan, all juniors. Yeah, you look at at offensive line, Lane is a senior, Cooper McCoy, Noah Dobson, Raymond Bradford, all juniors. On the defensive line, Mike Pope, Jr., Calvin Hutchings, Sr. Zane Adams, Hunter Largent, Jr., okay, at linebacker. Marlowe Hughes, Sr., Connor Johnson, Noah West, Jr. And the secondary, in Lombard Heights, a senior, Mosley, Kobe, Amante, Ray Davis, Kai Sean, Thomas Webb, Jr., junior, all juniors. You look at special teams. Kicker and punter are
1: both juniors. There is a defined window for this team to make a run. And this has to be like it It, it has to be now. I, I feel like it literally is now or never in the next two years.
0: But I mean, before we have to take a step and say, okay, we might have talent, but we need experience. We have a unique blend. Like this does not, this is a different caliber of team. I don't know how else to convey this to you. This is a different
1: caliber of team. With a different set of expectations, and I just hope that they live up
0: to the expectations. That that's that's my sole hope. But if they do, this will be a very special season of UCL football that I will be more than happy and honored to have covered. And when we get to the uh, end, the end, end of the season, and everything goes well, and we're sitting there, and we're saying, you know. I, 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 this 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 is this is one of the best teams in recent memory. This could be one of the best teams in recent memory if if what has historically held us back is broken. So do I think the leadership is there. I truly do. Right? I think here is because the team goes behind, the, the the team goes as Steph goes. Okay. Because if Steph is fighting tooth and nail, they will fight tooth and nail. Go to the Emporia game uh, is still one of the most grittiest performances I've seen in my life in a lot of football. What Steph did there, uh, you you saw the way the guys fought. Okay. If they approached each and every game and uh, they did against Emporia against Northwest Missouri against uh, Northeastern State and against Fort Hay. This team on the table. This team could legitimately run the table. However, if we show up like we did against Pitt State... So, it's just a matter of which team are we getting for 11 games. If we're getting... If we're getting a team that comes out, prepares, and plays the way that we know they can, sky's the limit. If we come out for half the games and get that, and the other half the games, we get what we saw against Boston, get what we saw against Missouri Western, then we're sitting here saying, right, this, is, this is another yeah, it'll still be a good season, but you feel like there's still meat on the boat. And I'm kind of tired of there being like, man, yeah, it's a good season. Yeah, we had a winning record. Yeah, we had a bowl, but like, man, we were, there was more there. So I just really hope that this is year that we can put it all together. We take advantage of it. We, we see what is in front of us, the opportunity there. Guys understand it. Guys know what's at stake. And we go out and have the best season and, and reach memory. So I'm really hoping that that, that 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 that's the that's the case. Look forward to being out there Thursday. It'll be very good to be back in a press box. Like I said, last year I was not missing any more home games. That's not gonna be the case. So uh I'm hoping we get to see a UCO win. And I'm, I'm hoping that it's a start to be a very, very, very good season. So, um, again, the schedule we, we will have the weekly episode will drop, um, what did I say, Monday, Sunday at six? I have it written down, regardless, everything will now be dropping at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I think I said we will have the, um, we'll have the the yeah that's what we're going to do we're, 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 we're going to have the the, the the weekly episodes drop on Monday 6pm the highlight vids dropping uh, Tuesday and then I think we're going to have the possible live stream and players of the week video and stream on a Wednesday that, that was uh, I will update that again. Don't worry. I'll put it out there on, on X or Twitter. Um, so you all have that. I have to find it on a it. minute. It's been a minute. But uh, that should help. I will say that I'm going to put the audio out much like I did for this out of uh, ready for, for Monday morning in case you want to listen to it on your drive and commute to work. Uh, and then we'll have it, obviously, with the highlights that we did for this for this, this this video. So I'm I'm looking forward to another season of UCL football. Every season, it's just a, it's an honor and a pleasure to do this. Uh, every season is a is a new journey and a, and, a, and a new chapter. And so I can't wait to see what the 2023 UCL Broncos have in store. Before we get out of here, I'm rocking the. UCO soccer, sir. Wonder wish Mike Cook, a great final season at the helm of the women's soccer program. Uh, at A tremendous run, tremendous coach. I'm <coughs> wishing him nothing but the, the best. I will try my darndest to at least get to one or two soccer games uh, this season. I know we kind of fell short last year. Uh, so I will try my uh, best to do that. So again, looking forward to Thursday. So until that time, My name
1: is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.